Hi, I'm Chelsea Grimes and welcome to another episode of What We Could Have Been, a podcast about life's unexpected twists and turns. And this episode is unapologetically about the greatest football team in the world, but now in England. I can finally say it. Since we last spoke, my team have won the league title for the first time in 30 years. I'm still smiling. This smile has not gone off my face since that Man City-Chelsea game. I wasn't even born the last time we've won it and to know that we've finally done it is just, uh, I, I cannot put into words. So of course, this week, I had to go and get a fellow Red on the podcast and what a guy, what a story he's got. Jamie Webster is a fan who turned his passion for the club and his love of music into a full-time career. He went from the guy who wrote many of the songs that his supporters sing in the cop to performing on the stage in front of thousands of Liverpool fans ahead of the 2019 Champions League final in Madrid. I was also there. My set crashed halfway through in front of 60,000 plus Liverpool fans. We do speak about that in this episode, so make sure you're listening out. It was one of the potential best and worst moments in my entire life. And then me and Jamie went on to perform at the after party when Liverpool beat Spurs in that game. And it was just honestly one of the best times of my entire life. If you're not a Liverpool fan, or even not a football fan, his journey is inspirational. So stick around for it. I hope you enjoy it. Also, bear in mind that this podcast was recorded a few weeks ago at the height of lockdown and before football had returned and we went on to win the league. So our shared anxiety that it might not have happened is very clear. This is what we could have been and this is Jamie Webster. Because it kills me every time that I see what we could have been. Where are you, mate? What are you doing right now? How's lockdown treated you? I'm in my girlfriend's living room at the moment. Just, yeah, it's all right, you know. To be honest, I've been that busy, you know, leading up to the lockdown and everything else. I'm, I, I'm, I have been enjoying the time off. I think now I'm starting to look at me, look at the state of my hair, and I'm starting <laughs> to, I'm starting to uh, like get twitchy feet now, where I want to get out and you know get back out there in the world, but. You know, it's been all right so far, and yes, everyone's in the same boat, so you can't really moan too much, can you? Exactly, that's the thing, and I think, like you said there, it's nice to just have a little bit of downtime, I think, and not, because sometimes I'm a bit of a panicker, where I'm like, oh, I'm not doing nothing in the world, still moving, but like you just said, we're all in it together, everyone's doing the same thing, so I don't feel that guilty. Right, so... Obviously, you're the first scouser I've got on. It needed to be Mr. Liverpool, the 12th man. How do you describe yourself? Like, how would you, would you say, you know, musician first? Like, Yeah, I mean, definitely now I'd, I'd describe myself as like a, a singer-songwriter, do you know what I mean? Probably about 18 months ago, it would have been, I'm an electrician and I do sort of a Liverpool thing and I play music behind all that as well and write music, but... Definitely over the last eighteen months, it sort of took a turn. So I, I'd say first and foremost, I'm a you know singer songwriter, but also then probably alongside it, a performer, you know, to to yeah. fans. But but I think if you're speaking about Liverpool Football Club, I'm just a fan. You know what I mean? More than anything else. I'm just a fan. I mean, you say that, you say that, but I've seen people like when they meet you, and I think that, like I just said, you're like the 12th man. I think people put you up there with the players. You're such a crucial part to, you know, like I said, if you are a Liverpool fan, you know who Jamie Webster is. You've become almost like intertwined in the club so much. And I think, like you just said, the 
the past 18 months you've felt the growth but how long have you been doing this for well i've been doing a liverpool well it started off as just cover gigs you know that's like i, I played in bands when i was like 15 and 16 but like we were we were terrible do you know what i mean we were really bad and uh, <laughs> we just like i decided to spew it and i was just going to play some cover gigs for a bit of extra money and follow up what i wanted to do was follow liverpool around the, the country and fa- around europe started doing that at like 16 17 but like still kept playing in town on a Friday night in the odd pub, you know what I mean? Getting up and open mics just just yeah. to keep myself playing because I enjoyed it more than anything else. And all of a sudden, a few of the lads from the match started to get on to, you know, well you play music because I had a skinhead back in the day, you know what I mean? I didn't look like the the yeah, musician type. Yeah. And then it just sort of like started to grow. Started playing covers at like events that fans were putting on after games and. One of them was boss nights, and then sort of like ten years ago, I think I nearly played my first boss nights. Wow! And it was just I was yeah probably about no maybe nine years ago. I think I was about seventeen, and I had like a skinhead and wee little Lacoste polo shirt on and all that, and it just started playing like covers, and then all of a sudden like the the, the quicker Liverpool just started to progress and you know turn into this team that they are today. I think we had a spell with Rodgers. This is like you know the games after that that I was doing gigs at. That's where Liverpool songs started creeping in, and everyone's got inspired to sing about the team. And that's where sort of I got my first kick, if you like, into into that world of Liverpool Footy Club and that. It is so 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 fascinating because I want to go back to like obviously it's called what we could have been, and I'm speaking to loads of interest and amazing inspiring people. And for you, like you just said, it was more just because you enjoyed it. It wasn't like I'm gonna go make loads of money and this is what I want to be. So you. You are really interesting to me because I come from the real industry side of things now and the people I'm talking to when your growth has just been so natural and organic. And obviously, what fucking else is better than you're playing for all the fans that you are yourself, like you said, and you're singing boss tunes, your own songs, and then Liverpool songs. You know what I mean, mate? Like, how yeah. does it feel for you? It feels boss, but I think you hit the nail on the head there. Like, the reason it worked was because it was authentic. It wasn't, like, you know what Scousers are like. Yep. And, and, and Liverpool fans, you know, if if this young lad, you know, this young sort of wannabe pop star or whatever had turned up and said, right, I've written all the Liverpool songs and you're going to listen to them, but it just got laughed out of the movie, yeah. you know what I mean? You just got F alive. So, it, again, it was just, it was sort of just moments between me and, like, Half the fans in the in the rooms early on with me mates anyway. I yeah. was going, I was travelling around the country with them every week. So I already had the crowds anyway, and you know the social media got hold of it. But now, like, I mean, like it is crazy. It's crazy to be to to think that you know sort of my dream was always to be a footy player as a kid and play for Liverpool. And once I realised I was shite at about fourteen or fifteen, <laughs> you know, I just thought to myself, you know what, like playing music is my next sort of thing but the fact that it's a nice coincidence that I got to sort of play music through Liverpool Football Club travel with the, the first team on occasions and you know be be able to like what we've done in Madrid in oh, front of 60,000 people we're gonna you know, talk we're gonna talk yeah, about that yeah but like I say that's to be able to do that sort of stuff you know like I say three years ago if you'd have told me that that'd be my full-time profession and then you know in three years time you'll be doing this 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 you'll have played in these continents these countries you know you'll, you'll have signed a record deal to to release your own album this dad i told you to piss off and i said no i'll yeah. be working i'll be working on the sites for me dad still probably do you know what i mean i'm picking up the odd gig here a day over weekends and how, how proud are your family of you ah uh, my mum and dad are made up do you know what i mean like just, yeah they, but to be fair to them they've come to like 
any gig I used to do in like in a pub when I was back in a band and like we literally played into a room at one time when I was in a band like no one was in the room we were supporting this band who were on tour from Wales yeah and like I don't think I think they'd sold about 20 tickets themselves you know what I mean so oh. we, we were the support act and there was literally nobody in the room full setup, full like monitors on stage like and everything and not one person was in the room and my man and dad turned up halfway through and me, the bass player's mum turned up halfway through and like <sighs> so throughout all my gigs my mum and dad have always been there even to the ones where literally no one else has yeah. turned up but uh, for them now to see like to be able to stay, obviously they were at the side of the stage at Madrid the, you know if, if I have a big gig in the in like the, the Olympia or the Royal Court or something like that they, they've always been there to watch me so I think now they just they just made up to see how far it's gone. I don't think any of us expected it though to to this to be me sort of living now. You know what I mean? No one expected yeah. it. I think uh, I was destined to turn into my dad. I think you know what I mean. But, uh, no. I'm sure he's not that bad. Oh no, he's great, my dad. You know what I mean? But he's just hasn't got a musical bone in his body. Do you know what I mean? I know people ask where's it come from. Is there anyone musical in your family? Well, my mum, my mum learned guitar a bit when she was younger, but not to like. Yeah, I don't play guitar to a great standard, I'll admit that myself, but my mum learns a couple of chords, I think that was about it. But my my great granddad played the banjo in a couple of bands and that though years ago off Scotty Road, so I think I think that it'll have to have come from him because I can't think of anyone else who it's come from. <laughs> but, uh... Exactly, exactly. No, same for me. My granddad, I think he played... When well, my great-granddad, he played the organ or something. And nice. when someone asks me, I'm like, I guess it was yeah, from must him. be that, must be that. <laughs> so what come first, Jay? Was it was it music or was it footy for you? Yeah, well, as for most kids growing up in Liverpool, footy was the, was the be-all, end-all for me. Like, you know, when I was growing up, you never see it. Up to a certain age, you never see a Liverpool kit off my back, or it didn't even have to be a Liverpool kit. I had all sorts of teams' kits. I was just a footy fanatic. I'd watch Spanish footy on a Wednesday, you know, yeah. Northern Irish footy on a Wednesday, you know what I mean? Whatever it was on telly, I'd watch it. Even remember the Masters footy? Remember that? Yeah, Masters. Play? Remember yeah. the Masters? I was a f- like, used to watch that. Then. I used to watch that where they play in the little like cage yeah, thing, you know? Oh, yeah. that was sick. Yeah, remember it? Well, that used to be like, that was. All, all the ex-pros. Yeah, well, that was like in the summer, wasn't it? When the that when needs the, to come back. I know it does actually, because it'd be good now, wouldn't it? Watching, because you know, because a lot of the players who we grew up watching are now retired, so to yep. watch them play together again would be decent. But I don't know, never know. So footy was was it for me? But then once I turned like fifteen, I'd say, like music coming in a big way, and and, and probably stood alongside footy for a for a good few years. You know, footy took over in terms of. It was my life. I was spending every penny I earned on following the pool round and everything else. But I always had this the love for music. Like you could, it's. I suppose now, since I've been grown up, it'd be hard to for me to say which one. You know what I mean? There's probably yeah. loads of Liverpool fans who'd probably be a little bit angry that I'm that I actually talk like <laughs> that. But it's true. You know, like music's just. I think alongside each other, there's not there's not a more powerful than music and football for bringing people together. You know what I mean? 100%. Like in terms of going to watch a game of footy with your mates, or even going to play a game of footy with your mates, or whatever, watching a game in the pub with your mates, you're still coming together through the name of football. Yeah. But then and it's you, a release, isn't it? Like yeah. whether you you know on the pitch for ninety minutes, or if you play in a gig, it's just it's a night. It's a great release. I say that to everyone. It's it's good if you're in music, but also great to have another thing to just take you away from it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, to have fun. 
Defo. I was going to ask as well, your heroes, football and, and musical heroes, you know, growing up, who were you listening to if you weren't down at the game? Yeah, I mean, footy-wise, heroes, Carragher, just like, same name as me, Scouser, like, just played the same position as me and everything, you know, early on when he played full-back, you know what I mean? So, like, Carragher was someone who I was like, Robbie Fowler as well as a kid, you know what I mean? Everyone, Steven Gerrard and Michael Owen there are the obvious, like, yeah. the, the ones I remember. But music-wise, I think my me, me biggest influence is Bob Dylan, by far. Like, uh, like, I think just the way he tells stories and all his songs, I think that's what music is, you know, for me. It's just like, yeah, hey, my girlfriend likes Bob Dylan as well. <laughs> she's, just, she's just saying that to tell me. But <laughs> Bob Dylan was, like, was the one who made me think, you know what, he's just being real. That's what the only thing he's doing. He's being real yeah. and he's telling it as he is in music. And that gave me the sort of confidence to go, well, do you know what? Like, if he can just tell it as it is and he's done that well out of it, I can do it as well. Like, I can just tell my story and hopefully it'll sort of come across in the same sort of light, you know what I mean? Obviously, there's, there's been loads of people in the background. You're talking, everyone's had an Oasis phase, Beatles, like the Lars, still are. I listen to them a lot, even Pink Floyd, Bowie, you know, the Coral, Arctic Monkeys, all them sorts of bands. Even Elton John, I've got a proper soft spot for Elton John. You Mate, he's a, he's a guy. Yeah, you can't uh, a tune's a tune at the end of the day, innit? You know what I mean? And he riffed, well, between him and Bernie Torben, he riffed loads of them. So, so yeah, me, me and Rachel went to see Elton John in Amsterdam a couple of years, about 18 months ago now. Wow. Yeah, and it was in a boss. You no know, one just likes to sit there and watch him and think, like, what a catalogue of songs this fella's got, you know what I mean? It's, Did you it's, watch his film? Yeah, yeah, it's Boss, Rocketman. Boss, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, boss. it's a cracking film. It's so... I've got loads of influences, but like I think the main, the main like sort of driving force in me musical, yeah, influences is Bob Dylan, like without a shadow of a doubt. Like yeah. I just I could listen to him all day every day and just not get bored. He's got that. Yeah, much. I mean, <laughs> can't can't much. argue with that. Like, do you know what I mean? Bob Dylan, he's a fucking legend. Okay, carry on songwriting a bit. What was the first Liverpool song you wrote? Well, people actually think that it was a lay, a lay, a lay, and it wasn't. Like, a lay, a lay, a lay was just something that I put the chord progression to, you know what I mean? It was like, the, these fans had, had played a lay, a lay, a lay, and, like, just, it was, well, I'd been singing it, about 20 of them, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to play that. One of them said, you should play this at your gig, so I thought, you know what, I will do, and I just you know, sat home, it's four chords, it's the, the easiest sort of, the most common chord progression in songwriting, you know what I mean? The, the, the C to the fall of the A minor, back up to the F and G. It's like, you know what I mean? You could, you could name three hundred songs. It works, it works, yeah. So I just thought, use that and maybe give it a bit more, the LALA, give it a bit more. That was my first sort of Liverpool thing that I could honestly say that I had my own hand in. I mean, I've took a load of old Liverpool songs and put guitars to them and stuff like that. That's like, I mean, it's not it's not rocket science to do it. Smokes of them are effectively nasty rhymes, but I think like so the Van Dyke one was is probably me me best and biggest. You know what I mean? That's brilliant, done. Pat. Yeah, it was just again we've been playing like gigs in Ireland with the Boss Night lads, and I'd I'd sort of learned a lot of Irish covers to to you know to to to, to sweeten the locals up. You know, in between the Liverpool songs and Dirty Old Sound was one of them. And at the time, like the impact Van Dyke had made was just like. You know yourself, you know what I mean? Being on footy, as you see, like when he came into the team, like what he'd done. So uh, it was just like he deserves a song, and that song was in my head at the time. And his name is. Yeah, 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 it just, it just, it, you know what I mean? It's just so, it's like, they are like nursery, they are best, but it's just. It, it's they work, amazing. They work, Mate, you know listen, I, 
like I just like even for me now sometimes obviously like I said I make pop music but when I go the game if George is playing me song at half time or something I'm just like oh my god I used to sit in this well not this same seat but I've come to Anfield all my life and I've been listening to the songs at half time and I've always went oh imagine how that feels so that's a great feeling but for you your songs are being sang by the act like the coppers how does that even that's sick. I know, it's it, it's something that, like, it's only when you see it sort of put into action, you know, like, for example, the LA, LA, LA one, when you know, we played City, oh. and, and it was just like the whole ground was singing it, you feel like, that was the whole reason I played the songs, was just so, you no know, Liverpool fans had more songs to sing and to make the atmosphere and I feel better, that was the goal, you know what I mean, it was nothing else, it was just to get the songs from like the, the small groups of lads going on the coaches every week and there's loads of the, the amount of songs made up on some of them some of the songs we've had for like Usama Asaidi and people like that you know what I mean <laughs> who played a handful of games they got songs somewhere along the line you know what I mean and yeah. like Nori Sahin all these players John <laughs> John at Semibor, I'd want to you too. You know, I still haven't God. found what I'm looking for. Yeah. I still haven't, I've only just found John at Semibor or something like that. You know, like, there's just, there's loads, like, but for me, obviously, you, you, you hear songs and you think that's, that's a belter. That could be, like, that could be big. That could, like, really, really, like, make a difference with the atmosphere. So that's what I, that's the only reason I used to play them at the gigs was to sort of, so people would get onto them and be like, ah, oh, yeah, well, you know, when we go to Man United, the way we'll sing that one, and you know what I mean. How, how does it travel though for you? Is it literally just like you're on the coach at the moment, you teach them it, or like how no, do you like, get that? Well, the Van Dyke one was made on a coach. We were going to Huddersfield away, and like I was just talking to a few lads, and, I, and we had the, the, the Irish CD playing on the coach. So I just said, hey, we need to do something for this because look, his name just fits in with Dirty Old Town perfectly. It's like. You know, we were all talking about Van Dyke. He was the, literally the name on everyone's lips, like the difference yeah. he'd made. So we just, I, I said, yeah, like sort of come up with a few little bits in my head. And then it's good to have like other Liverpool fans with you as well, because like one of my mates was like, nah, like, that's shit, that's that's proper cheesy. <laughs> and you, could you imagine singing that? Now nah, we need to change that to that. She's like, all right, yeah. Yeah, well then we'll follow that. And it was just like between like three of us, we were messing around and like, so then we were singing it along with the CD. And then a few other lads on the coach are like, what's that? Like, catching on as we're singing it time and time down. So it's literally like snowball effect? Yeah, it's just like, it, it wouldn't work for it to, to like give out cheats. Do you know what I mean? I'd get on the bus and be like... Yeah, George so, announcing yeah, a half time. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Can you all lift up your seats and under your seats? We're going to have a go at this new one. Nah, it's just, it just happens, do you know what I mean? And like, social yeah. media's obviously got a massive part to play. Like, someone, I think someone had filmed us singing it. Someone from the front of the bus had filmed us singing it at the back. And like... It got its way on Twitter, and then the echo, the echo retweeted it, and then like somebody else retweeted it, and before you knew it, there was like murmurs of people singing it that day at the match. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it was no like, way! It just happens like that. It's social media, and like obviously, if it's catchy, you know yourself, a catchy tune's a catchy tune, and like you can't. It just travels that way. Do you know what I mean? It's, it is me. amazing. It is because you know what the best thing as well about a crowd singing is like not everybody in that crowd can sing at no, all. I'm no. sure if they sing it on their own, it's gonna sound fucking awful. Some of it, but when sixty thousand people are singing it, it sounds beautiful. It's a crazy little thing. I don't know. But, well, I'm, I, I mean, e- I don't even sound that good singing on my own. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I, get, I, 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 I get away with it because I've got. <laughs> Thousands of people singing along with me, near enough every time I play. You know what I mean? It's you've um, got a great voice, Jay. Don't you put yourself down there, uh, mate? You no, no, but you know, fantastic. making a joke out of it. But like, what you're saying is like is right. The, the more people like singing along with, 
footy so that's what makes them what they are you know what i mean yeah. like you say if i were to originally that video over there i were to originally come out of me sat there in my bedroom playing it people would have been like nah you know what i mean like that's not yeah. liverpool that's not how, how liverpool fans do things it's like yeah. it's always done in a moment together and like yeah that that's like authenticity is, is key to everything i suppose 100 150 what's the best football chant you wish you would have wrote or just the funniest one you can think of there's that the liverpool boys are in sound so it's like we are the scousers the cock of the north we hate man united and city of course we only think we're skiing bottles of brown, the Liverpool boys are in town. And then it goes, na 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 like that. And then the second verse, this is the best bit, it goes, with the boys from the social, the boys on the dole. We're so fucking ugly, we can't get our all. But we all, but we all go mental when we score a goal, the Liverpool boys are in town. And like, but it's a dead it's old right. one. It's a dead old one, you know what I mean? Yeah, I haven't heard that one. It's dead old, but it's only gets sung, like... You probably hear it get sung in a pub after a game, you know, like it's like sort of like a cult old school yeah. song. A couple of our fellas will sing it, and like, whereas I've heard that song on the coaches going home and away for years, you know, because on coaches there's all sorts of people at different ages, so you learn like loads of old songs, even when you're, <laughs> when you're like 18, 19. I was learning all these new songs, like, what? Oh my god, like, where have these been all my life? Do you know what I mean? But like, obviously, What's... I don't, I don't sing that at like. At all the gigs because it's not like necessarily PG thirteen in the way. Do you know what I mean? And like, like when there's kids there and that, you you know you can't like sometimes. Yeah, you gotta be. Yeah, you gotta be careful. Like the odd swear words or like, but like to be singing that all the time. It's not like it's not one of my most recognised. But to be fair, we do some of the boss nights. We've dropped it in there and like now and again, and it goes off with like with the local crowd. It's not too well known outside of Liverpool, but. That, that's one of like the funniest, definitely. That, that, that it's I know. a classic. Yeah, the, 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 the ones about the Nevilles and like Man United and that are, are also, are also <laughs> funny, but I'm not going to go into that. You know what no. I mean? I'm not, I'm not, not into personality. <laughs> What's the best game you've, not you've been to, but you know, you've just spoken about like, because I didn't realise how much you've been travelling up and down the country and how long you've done it for. Is there a memory that stuck out for you? Like, I don't know, since this whole journey, there must be a lot, but try and narrow it down to a few. We've had some boss tips, like I've been to Russia twice, you know, I went to St. Petersburg at 18, that was like, that was an experience in itself, just to like see the, how they do football matches, but I think, I'm just trying to think, I mean, we, I, I couldn't put a finger on one one great tip, but we've done things for like, when we played Sion in Switzerland, we flew to like Barcelona for the night, because it was cheaper flew then to Italy and then drove through the Alps to the game and then drove back and it was just like nah it was in a veto that was a good experience then I've, wow. I've had some horrible experiences where we spent like nearly 60 hours on a coach there and straight back to Bordeaux in like in September heat do you know which is like it was just like horrendous like 40 yeah. people on a 40 seater but you have some good laughs, do you know what I mean? Like some of the stories. And you're all in it together. I mean, I know my uncle, he drove to Madrid. A lot of fans were driving there, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the lads from the Anfield Raptor as well. They done like a yeah. tour bus, didn't they? I don't know. I think, I think in terms of like the games, you know, you, as Man, beating Man City away in the European in the European Cup was like that. That that away end was unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? And some of the last minute winners we've had over the years, like. I know I was talking about I was at the Olympiacos game that year we won in 2005 I went to that game when Gerard scored the screamer yeah. and Cinema Pongol and Neil Mellon I remember that so that's still in my highlights like one of the best games yeah. I went to but I listen think, there's been so many though 
So yeah, man, there is. Even Madrid, we've got to talk about Madrid first. Because yeah. we, I could talk to you all day, literally, because we've got music and fuzzy in common. So it's going to go on. But let's get to Madrid next. So obviously, we did win the Champions League. But for personal moments for me and you, well, for you, obviously, you had 60,000 people, like I said. I've got to tell the story as well, because it is actually a funny story. So I get on stage. I think John Barnes had just done his rap first. Colin Murray was on. I was all excited. You know, we all had a few little drinks. It was boss. Like, we were all at the fan park waiting for the game. And then literally, I get on, and the whole set just stops. I mean, yeah. there's no sound coming out of the stage. And I'm I'm performing with me in here and going... This is, I feel like I can't hear nothing. Anyway, next minute, you had to come on stage and you saved me. Because this was a fight or flight moment, guys, I'm telling you. Like, if you was not a Liverpool fan at that particular moment, that is a scary thought to be stood on stage to 60,000 people. But then I just fucked the guitar off anyway and we had a little, a few fan songs and it was fine. But it was just going off. Was it the police that shut it down? Yeah, it was basically, the. I think... They, they give it the okay the police to, to let it all go ahead and then obviously like as the day got on and on and on it was like obviously people getting more excited yeah. looking forward to it and i think the noise levels were like you know through the roof because there was like residential areas around and the the police were the police had actually stopped it at one point when they said that no more music was being played and that was when you were stood on stage and it was like yeah i'm i'm, I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie my heart was in my mouth for you at that moment i was it, imagine, but, like, it was that, uh, honestly one of the best and worst experiences all in one, though. <laughs> yeah, but then thankfully, uh, like, literally the CEO of Liverpool, Peter Moore, come backstage and there was, like, there was Liverpool-based police officers who were, like, corresponding with the Spanish police over there and they were backstage in between them and Peter Moore. They actually got it back up and running, you know, because I think Peter Moore basically turned around to the police and said... Do you understand that if you cancel this show now, that like it'll be far worse for you? It'll be much harder for you to police because they'll go. <laughs> what a guy! They'll go absolutely nuts. And I think I think the police then clocked on and thought, no, we're just gonna have to see it out till six o'clock. Yeah. And we Smart. thankfully, thankfully, yeah. I mean, it was the best best day of your life so far, Madrid. You know, in terms of, like football, seeing Liverpool win the European Cup, and, and then to, to to perform in front of sixty thousand people, like. Like most people, like who you work with in the music industry, would be lucky to to perform in front of people, you know, so that magnitude. You know what I mean? I, I can't even think about how many other scouts have actually performed to people of of that size, other than the obvious Beatles and maybe Dave McCabe when he supported Paul McCartney. Out yeah, that, I don't think it's Atomic Kitten made it that far. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean. It's it's something that you can never like you no matter what what I do in music for the rest of my life I'll always have that day and that'll always be yeah. like my my you know me moments that where like you know everything you dream of when you're growing up as a musician just not seeing the end of people and you know like playing and literally seeing that many people lose the shit as just you, as you, I, I, yeah. It was you can't you don't you won't get better than that probably you know I'd be very foolish if I thought that I'd get you know get something like that that easily again you know what I mean it's just it's just nuts and then the night the night we had after it as well in the uh, players party this is what I'm saying you know what I mean like that was already you know like we couldn't get any luckier we've just been on that stage then we just win the Champions League and then 
I remembered after I was so excited that we'd won. Oh yeah, and now we're going to perform at the players after party. Yeah. It was just like, what the hell? Like I said, you're a footy fan. I'm a footy fan. I've been in the game since I was like, I could literally put a kit on. Like I said, I'm the same. If you look at <laughs> pictures of me, you know, and I played for Liverpool from from nine to sixteen. So just a massive part of my life. And then just to. I remember walking in and, and I was like, oh my God, trying to not tell everyone. I was like, Stephen Gerrard's there. And everyone was like, wait, I was like, right there. And like you said, you know, he was God to me growing up. He made me know that Scousers could go and do something great. And it was just, wasn't it just the best? Like all the, ple- the cup was there, Klopp was outside in the smoking area, just like all lighting off. Oh mate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's just, it was boss, like you say, you don't, uh, I sort of, do, after the the performance and then the, the 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 ninety minutes of football, I was like physically drained, and I was like fucking hell, like I've got to go to this players' party now. But as soon as you walked in there, you were just like, oh, this isn't realistic. You know, like like you say, it's just once I think once the players actually burst in through the doors with the cup and the, the like, and you're just like, wow, fucking hell, like. <laughs> This is all right. It was a dream, wasn't it? It was like a dream. The next morning I had to look at my phone and check pictures just to check it was like real because it was that mad. Yeah, Sammy Hippie, I was just at the bar waiting for a drink and he's he's like, I'm like, all right, mate, how are you? Yeah, Sammy's great as well. I mean, I've I've had the, I suppose I've had the pleasure and the privilege of working with a a lot of excellent players through like pre-season tours and whatever else I do, but... To that moment, and I had that many people in that room. Like, literally, the, the, the old five team was there, the, the, this team was there, you know what I mean? It was like, and and then you're talking legends like Doug Lee's Rush, Old Old Fowler, or Phil Thompson, all of them. Phil Thompson looked mad. like took me under his wing that weekend as well. We had a couple of like events building up to it, and I was sort of traveling with him and his Amazing. wife, and I felt like on my own a little bit because everyone sort of knew each other, you know, like all ex players mingling together. Phil Thompson was just like, stay with me, laddie, yeah, come on, have you dinner with me? And, and like, his, his missus as well, when Rachel come to the party, his missus proper looked after Rachel and everything, and it was like, it was nice for us, because we didn't know where, where to put our heads. Yeah, like, yeah. Obviously, you're a fan at the same time, but you, you, you've got to be professional at the same time. So you're like, even though you probably, I, I felt like running over to Vaser Van Dyke and jumping on his back, and you're not going to like, do like, the crowd celebration with him, but like, you just can't, can you? So... Like, That's the thing though. I got my uncle and his mate in the party. I'm gonna put put you on blast now. But they were like, "God, oh, get us in, get us in, get us in." I was like, "Oh, listen, if I've got two bands, if you can come in, because they, you know, like I said, they drove to Madrid. Massive Liverpool fans was at every game pretty much. And I said, "All right, just act normal. All right, don't stalk." And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Promise, promise, promise. Just all made up. He gets in there. Literally the next day, I lost them for a minute. The next day, I looked at my phone, social media, and my uncle's best mate got a picture with. I mean, every single player, then the girlfriends, then the, like yeah. everyone. Perry from Little Mixer, like he's. And I was like, Jay, I told you not to ask for pictures, but he made the most of that night. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, they. So got a pick. Rachel loves Perry from Little Mix, like proper loves her. So, like that, I, honest to God, I, I think I got a photo with the trophy because Pep Linders asked me if I wanted to, and uh, the only photo I asked for all night was uh, for Perry to get a photo with me bird because she's like she was starstruck when she was. Yeah, like, no, that's, that's that's all right. That's so, all right. Uh, but like but, I say, it was, asking everyone. It was. <laughs> so it was yeah, it was, you know, but funny enough, my manager now, and, and the, the, like, the shows of Edinburgh, my label, I met him in Madrid. 
you know, it was like a he he helped Liverpool. He he put on that stage and stuff like that. Wow. He, he he does like Sound City and Sound City in Asia and all that. So he he books festivals throughout the world. You know what I mean? So he'd save Liverpool a bit of money on the stage and got like a better spec of you know whatever whatever it was he'd sorted out. And I met him that weekend going over. Tom, you know Tom Cassidy, who yeah. who's like who's, it. Tom had said to him, Dave, you know you gotta. Be professional. You're one of my guests here, and I looked over straight away. And Dave had a line of people saying, "Yeah, I'll take your photo with the cup and everything." You know what I mean? Like he just, uh, he was like a kid in, on Christmas. Do you know what I mean? But it was, it yeah, was, it, it was, was. A boss little experience, like I say. Mate, it was, it was just so. Good. I remember as well, like Mo Salah's daughter, like got up on stage and mean all that, and they were like, "It's Mo Salah's daughter." And I was like, "Yeah, I've seen you score in the cop end." I've yeah, watched yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I, I a little that. birdie told me um, you were with Klopp in New York or something. What was that about? Yeah, I mean, I've done two pre-season tours. The first one, he surprised me at a gig, which was the first time I ever met him, which was obviously, like, special moments. It's just like, well, there he is in the flesh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's come to see me. He just gave me a little high five and a little look. But then, it, basically, what it was, the second pre-season tour after Madrid, he slapped me in the face the night of the players' party in, in like... In sheer excitement, I just put my hand on his shoulder and said thanks. He turned around and said, "No, thank you, Jake." Slapped me in the face, <laughs> picked me up, gave me a big hug, and then give give Rachel a cuddle as well. And so that was the last I'd seen him since we won the cup. And when we were in the airport to fly to America, he come and see. I seen him clocking me, you know, over the sort of um, over the, the the lounge basically. And he's looking. I'm thinking. I'm talking to a few of the media guys, just chatting on with them. I see, I'm thinking in my head, trying to stay in the conversation, thinking, he's fucking looking at me there, you know. <laughs> and then he's smiling, I'm thinking, he's not smiling at me, is he? Next thing, he makes his way round, and he come and sat down next to me, and he was just talking to me about being on holiday in Vegas, and he's just like the most, he said, I've been watching all your videos from Madrid, it's unbelievable, I need to have uh-huh. a catch, he went, I need to catch up with you uh, over this over this week, I'll see what I can do, and I was like, oh, if you get the time, you're going to know you're busy, you know, just trying to be courteous, whatever. Yeah. And then I, the last night, the last night of the tour, I thought it wasn't going to happen. i just finished the gig in New York and one of the the, the media lads had phoned me to said, oh, come out for a drink, come out for a drink. And I said, I'm done. And I, I think I've done like seven gigs in seven nights, just like throat was yeah. like a bag of sand. I was like, yeah. I'm just ready for bed more than anything else. And uh, he was like, no, we need you to come out to this bar. Can't tell you why. I said, that's just a way of trying to get me out. I said, I'm not coming. And he went, no, no, all right, Jürgen's here. And, he, and he's just told me to phone you and bring you down here. So I said, no, I don't I don't believe you. Like, he gets one night, why would he? He said, and then I heard this, this like, German accent in the background saying, tell him to come now, tell him to come uh... now. So I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going. You know what I mean? So he uh, turned up and, like, he was just stood there with, like, a, a bottle of Bud Light. And he was like, come on, sit down, meet Jürgen and Pep. I had, like, a, a chat for, like... Good hour and a half, you know, he was just asking me about, like, me as a fan, asking about Madrid and our favourite. He's funny, he said to me, he said that, that, like, it was like a sort of, mo- like a movie moment, you know what I mean, where he, he, like, we were talking, we were laughing, and he just looked at me dead bluntly, and he was like, you know, I think we were outside, actually, I think he was having a little smoke, and I, yeah. might, have been, I might have been as well, do you know what I mean, just, you know, <laughs> just seize the day with Jürgen, like, and uh, he <laughs> yeah, sort of just, smoke. yeah, he just sort of stopped and went, one thing I want to know from you though, and he was like, did you cry after your performance in Madrid? Because he was like, at the end of that video, you look like you're close to tears, I can hear in your voice. He was like, did you fucking cry? 
And I was like, what do I do here? Do I be honest and say, yeah, I walked off backstage and cried like a little girl. Because I did, just like the emotion got the better of me. I said, oh, do I play it cool? And be like, no, that's just part of the act, yeah, you know what I mean? And she thought, you can't lie to him, can you? You've just got to be honest. So I was like, no, I did. Said I, like, it just, it was like an unbelievable sight. I didn't ever think I'd get to do something like that in my life. I said, just as soon as I walked off the stage, I was just holding in tears. And I wrapped myself in one of them big black drapes that was coming around. And... Just literally, yeah. me, me bear gave me a little cuddle and all that, and so I told Jürgen, and, and like the best thing ever, the best replies. So, well, I'm so happy you said that. He said because the first time I watched that video of you singing a lay 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 at the end of your set, he said I cried myself. I was crying on the couch with me with my oh. wife and kids. So I was like, fucking, like, I, was, no, I was nearly crying. I felt like saying, you're yeah, to cry now. Say, I'm nearly you're crying gonna, now. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're going to make me cry. He was just like, just give me a little cuddle and that. And like, just like, you know, he's just a boss fella. Like, you can't. He is, like, he is. He's everything you expect him to be, isn't he? You just, you, you, there's no but like. more though. He's just yeah, like, more. he's even better, yeah. Yeah, he is. He's amazing. I've actually got a, I've got a video call with him tomorrow. So oh. I'll tell him that you said hello. Tell him I said hello. He's, he's, he's a legend. Tell him I said thanks for everything he's done for me as well. Because like, obviously. And for us as football fans, he's yeah. our club. Like we wouldn't, I, I can't even imagine the club without him now. I know, but even like that first gig where he come down to see me in America and he walked in, like it, that got so much coverage and got me so much publicity. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah. it sort of, it didn't half kick like really, really to Jeff me career then off that, like going into that season where we won it after the Kiev final and that him coming down to see me in in Michigan the first pre-season tour like it, he doesn't even realise probably what it actually done for my profile it, like it raised it like tenfold and oh. like me, me Instagram me Instagram's private at the time when I'd done it and wow, like it? Th- that night I had like I probably had about 600 700 followers and that night I went back to my room and I was like, I, I couldn't, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. I had to go off private and, like, they started from there, really, do you know what I mean? It was just like, so he probably doesn't even realise how much he's actually helped me out in my career, do you know, like, personally. When I'm sure you'll see him again soon, won't you, anyway? But well, I will definitely say tomorrow that I was talking to you and I'm sure you'll have that big clop smile that we love so yeah. much on his face. Yeah, he's right, last, last question for you. We're going to wind it down, but I, like I said, I could talk to you all day. Where, what's next and like, what do you want to achieve? Like you just said then, you would be silly to think that you could beat Madrid and that feeling and that, that much, many people watching you. But what's next? What do you want to do? I think, well, obviously the Liverpool stuff is, I'll always be doing that. That's like, that's part of who I am, you know what I mean? But for me, like personally, it's my own music. You know, I've got my album coming out in August and I've released a couple of singles just to sort of, if I can emulate half of what I've done in my Liverpool career with me with my solo music, I'd be happy enough. You know, I just want to, my tour, hopefully, is still gonna go ahead in September because the venues are like under 500 capacity, so I think I might be okay. okay. Uh, I just want to smash my tours head in with my band and come back and write some more music. Hopefully, the album does well and just, just build on it and stand on my own two feet in like like the way you do in the, in the music world. If I could, if I could stand on my own two feet in that world without you know, the, the obviously not ignoring the Liverpool stuff but letting my own music speak for itself and of and course. really and you know kick on with my career that way and you know just yeah I want to I want to I want to do all, all everything in music I want to write I want to play I want to produce I'm learning like to, to where record. have you been recording as well the album got done in past amazing so and the producers who I worked with are just like I mean like Rich Tavey's done yeah a lot, a lot with Blossoms at the minute you know what I mean and he, he, so to have Rich like sort of 
alongside me. He's just such a talented kid. Like, he's, he's and what great. a lovely guy. He's oh, so yeah. lovely. Like, he's like the nicest, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And, and he can play every instrument, like, unbelievably well. And sing. And, like, it's just, like, it's just a dream to work with. And then Chris Taylor on the other hand as well, like, He's he's a bit of a he's got a bit of a different approach, but equally as effective. Do you know what I mean? And he was actually Rich's tutor in college and and no uni. Way. Yeah, and now they work together in Park Street. So like you know, Chris is, he mixes for the coral. He does all the corals work. He, wow. he he does all you know. He's front of house in most of the big arenas. You know, he's just he's shit off at what he does and learning from them's been amazing. But it's also sort of got me interested in that side of it. You know what I mean? Turning like an idea of a song into an actual song and bringing it to life it's just it's just amazing it just amazes me i think pa- playing live is, is 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 me bread and butter you know what i mean I, that's where i'm at home but like definitely one thing that i like i enjoy is is the studio side of things which are, I'm, i know you can relate to do you know what i mean um, yeah that's been I mean, my life for the past five years <laughs> yeah i mean i'm just learning on garage band now how to do it myself with a little Great. little interface just just to like get get myself up and running and you know, I've been working on a couple of little covers and that, but that's what I just want to excel in the music world. That's me. That's me dream now. You know what I mean? To just crack on and smash it. You know. Amazing, Jay. Yeah. Honestly, well, when when you play Liverpool, I'm gonna be there. I'm definitely coming down to that 150. Yeah. percent Last question. Well, it's not a question. It's a Liverpool fan thing. But what the fuck has gone on with this uh... season? <laughs> I feel like I need the why always me Balotelli top at the minute because it's just like every time we get close. Hopefully, it still looks like the season's going to finish and, you know, it's going to... But I'm still a bit, you know, especially when I seen the French League get cancelled, I was like... I know. <laughs> I know. I think most Evertonians were licking the lips when they seen that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I was getting texts left, night and centred off on me ever mate saying like... Uh, you know, it's not happening. Yeah. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. It's 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 just typical, isn't it, for us to be that close? You know, thirty years, all this. And but you know, I think the the one thing you've got to take from it to keep you going is that like we sort of won that league before we'd won it, and everyone like there was no moment where we were like, yeah, we fucking won the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was inevitable. But I think now having that time away from it, I think we like. You know, God forbid everything works well and, and and we do win the league this year. I think that moment where it's like signed and sealed because it's been in doubt for so long now. Yeah. I think it's gonna be so much sweeter. Do you know what I mean? And like alright, we might not even be able to celebrate it in like the way that we'd have liked to, with like a big massive gig and like an oncoming parade and that. But like if you think the people in Liverpool are gonna celebrate Liverpool in the league <laughs> like lockdown or no lockdown, they'll be sleep, they'll be they'll be socially distanced sleep parties all over the gaff, won't they? You know what I mean? Hundred percent. And we'll yeah. still have a massive party when everyone's allowed out. I'm exactly, sure. Exactly, exactly. It'll just it suppose more time to plan and make it all that all that better. You know what I mean? Exactly. But yeah. Well. Listen, Jamie, thank you so much, mate. Honestly, you inspire me and I think you inspire every kid who's picked up a guitar in the city. You are amazing at what you do and I can't wait to see what happens next for you, mate. So I'll see you at your gig. Yeah, Jeff Hotel, see you soon. Nice one for talking to me as well. Appreciate it. ta mate. And that was the amazing Jamie Webster. I actually watched the Man City Chelsea game with Jamie on BT Sport. And um, yeah, I think he was running down to Anfield after after the match had finished for all the celebrations. And I hope hopefully, like me, he's still celebrating. 
Thanks to you all who've downloaded and subscribed to the series so far. If you've missed any of my previous podcasts with the likes of Dua Lipa, Jade Thirlwall from Little Mix, Love Island winner Cara Delahoyd, Liverpool player Ryan Babel and Manchester United legend Mikel Sylvester, they are all available to download on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. This is what we could have been. Thanks for listening and we will see you next week.